you can go ahead and grab a seat. I'm just going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to talk. I know we said we're going to do testimonies, but I got about 30 minutes, and I don't think we're going to have time to do it. But I want to talk about something. If you have to slip out at 12, you can. But I've reserved my Sundays to be totally for the Lord because as time gets closer to Jesus coming back, uh, I just want to let him move. And so there's really nothing else I feel like I really have to do today. And as the days get darker, it's like I need more time with him to get that wisdom and knowledge of of what he has for me. And spending time in the presence of God uh, can change you into another man, change you into another person. Jesus took 12 disciples, he took 72, and he took them, and and then the three that were the closest to him, and the three and a half years they spent with him, it says that the Pharisees and the Sadducees recognized that these men were uneducated, but they had been spending time with Jesus. It doesn't matter where you come from in life, what is your background, what that you think your identity is, the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you'll be changed into another person. And so I want to talk a little bit about identification this morning um, because I believe that that actually positions you to receive from God better. Where do you get your identity from? A lot of people, um, their, their identity is based on, psychology has three different determinisms what uh, a person's identity is based on. And so the first one is, is that it's a genetic determinism. That is a, this is your DNA, this is your genes, you came from your mom, your dad, your family, your grandparents, and so psychology says that your determining factor of where you'll end up in life is largely dependent on three things, genetic determinisms, environmental determinisms, and uh, psychological determinisms, which is the the way you think. But I want to talk about um, genetic, it's basically, and I love something Pastor Mark said, a lot of these are true, but they're true in Adam's nature and who he was. And Adam being the first man that God made and that because in Romans 5 it says Adam was, he made Adam and he put the whole human race into Adam. That means that you were born and you say, well, I didn't choose to be born. One uh, boy said to his father, and his father said, well, if you'd asked us, we would have said no. <laughs> so people say, well, I was born this way. But Jesus says you must become what? Born again. So you may have been born one way, but you can get reborn or what? Refathered to a, your father God. But people can place a lot of their identity on genetic determinisms, who they came from, who their dad is, who their family is. Uh, you know, uh, so that determines on maybe what ran in your family history. The doctor's going to ask you about your family history, what your mom had, what your dad had. That's basically what you're going to have. But you've been refathered by God. You've been born again. And these things may be true, but they're not, uh, they're not the outcome of what really belongs to you in Christ and your identification in Jesus. So when, when Jesus died... He died to give you everything that was his so that you can have all that he is. That was the point of Jesus going to the cross. Jesus did not go to the cross because he needed to die. He came to what? Show the love of God, reveal the mercy, the grace of God. Uh, He came to destroy the works of the devil. But then the third thing is, is Jesus came to die. 
he had to die because of what happened to Adam, being Adam is our father. So you can even chase your, or um, follow your genetic determinisms. If you look far enough back, you're gonna find Adam is basically, you know, you can you know, look through your ancestry, see who you are, find in your identity. You know, and uh, I love something Pastor Mark says, you can go to California, you can go all over the world searching for who you are, but he said eventually you're gonna go so far enough back, you're gonna find Adam as your great-great-granddad. And so if you're looking for your identity in him or in Adam's fallen nature, you will never find your identity. And so just because that maybe your parents, uh, you know, had you, they are, you know, I love to, me and my dad talk about this, my parents are overseers because we are all children of God. My parents are over and I honor them. I honor my father and mother. But I, I realized that I came from God and but I was born through Adam, but I had to get refathered back into God. The next determinism is a, uh, an environmental determinism. Why well, I am the way that I am because the way I was raised or where I was raised or what city I was raised in. And so um, you can have maybe a redneck determinism that I grew up in a, in a country home, and so I have to drive a big pickup truck with four-wheel drive and have a shotgun. Or you can have an inter-city inter determinism. So maybe, uh, you know, you grew up in the city, so you're going to listen to different music, you dress differently, and that shapes the way that somebody thinks about who they are, who they ran around with, the people that they were around, and that can shape and affect their identity based off where they were born. And so I love something that uh, Mark's father said, he said they were from a small town in Texas, and he said his father would say, any person can get anywhere in the world from this one traffic light, which means what? You do not have to be held down by where you lived. The same small town, the same small talk, the same small thinking, some people never leave that town. They never leave those people. They never leave that type of thinking, and then their, their environment shapes who they are. But he said, you got to break that in your life to where you get out of small thinking and get out of where may you have come from. That's but getting into Christ changes your environmental determinism, maybe where you were born or how you felt like you were held down from maybe the city. I used to joke all the time with my brother, like, I got to get out of a popka. You know, our church, most small church. And, you know, back, back in the day, I mean, it was, it was, we're a lively church, but it was an older church. And I thought, I got to get out of here. This is holding me down. I got to go to the city. I got to go somewhere. I got to go meet a woman somewhere. And it's not going to be at this church. So I'm, I'm blaming my environment for I am the way that I am based off of where I'm from. And maybe, um, so influences that can control you based off of where, you, you know, you're thinking, you're talking. But you got to break out of that. Psychological determinisms. You are what you are because of how you think. And your thinking is determined by your experiences. So you could say, basically, what has happened to me in life is the way that I am. That is my identity. People get their identity for this happened to me maybe as a child, or this happened to me in a relationship, or I'm divorced. They get their identity. Or, uh, you know, maybe I went to college and I played for this team, or maybe uh, I work as a mechanic or a firefighter. No, that may be what you do, or that may be what happened to you in life, but that is not your identification. Amen. Why? Because one, one uh, talk in the boss's office in 50 years, you're done. And all they give you is a watch and say, thanks for working for us. Well, then your identity is, and, and if you put your identity in what you do yeah. and your work, then that's when that 
falls apart, then your identity crumbles. And you know, then you're having an identity crisis, then you're looking for your identity in something else. And some people go from one identity change to the next. We used to have this guy that worked with me and Josh Brown, and uh, every couple of months he would walk in, one minute he'd be dressed like a 80s retro, and the next minute he's dressed like some brand new modern thing. And every, it seemed like every year this guy was going through an identity crisis, trying to figure out who that he was. But if you don't ever figure out who was your father, who made you or what happened in Adam, you will always be searching for your identity. And so psychological determinisms, but the revelation of what happened in Jesus will trump any other kind of determinism. You're not locked in or limited by those other kinds of determinisms. And so I love a story that Pastor Mark um, tells that in Louisiana, there was a Texaco was drilling a hole in the ocean and they got about 1,250 feet down and the drill uh, started to seize up. And next thing you know, the, um, the rig, the oil rig sank, the drill or the dr- drill sank into the ocean. And then there was a nearby lake that sank. And then the nearby road that sank. And then the 65 acres of a man's property all was consumed by what had happened with this one person drilling. And so he makes this statement. He says, when you drill into who you are in Christ, the phrase is in Christ, swallows up your past failures, your old identity. What God did in Jesus is big enough to swallow up who you used to be. It'll, the unseen will swallow up the seen. The grace of God is bigger in every area because what happened in Jesus is bigger than anything else that will ever happen to you. Amen. What happened in his death what happened in his burial, what happened in his resurrection, and then him being seated is greater than anything that could happen to you in your past life. But I'm going to read this, Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Paul said, I died with Christ. Well, was Paul there? No, he was not there. But he's talking about the substitutionary work. Jesus did not die a martyr's death. A martyr's death is a great death. But Jesus was marred. He was his visible Uh, structure was completely destroyed. He was made sin for us. He died the death of a substitute. So that you, so Paul is saying that if I died as, if I was crucified, then you and I were crucified with Christ. So he's saying, nevertheless, it's not I that is living anymore, but Christ is living in me. One translation says, Christ died, I'm living in him And now I'm simply have a second existence, Jesus using my body. And that's the way that you have to think about it. That Jesus is now living in you. He's alive working in you. You're dead to your old former self or or Adam who was the first Adam. Jesus is now the last Adam. Adam was an archetype of, of the first man. He was the master copy. That way everybody born through Adam would, uh, would be affected by Adam's decisions, right? Adam's disobedience. So Adam was negligent in the garden and because the Lord told him, you guard the garden, you watch it. Adam wasn't deceived. It says Eve was deceived by the snake. Adam knew what would happen. He knew that spiritual death was set and he knew the consequences. Why? Because God had told him, every other tree of the garden, do not eat it. Or you can eat every tree, but not this tree. I almost got that backwards. And so Adam knew the ramifications that if he disobeyed and sinned against God. But because Eve had taken the tree 
And so people want to blame, you know, the woman all the time, but Adam was the one that let the devil in there talking to him and to her. And he didn't do anything about it. And so that, and then his disobedience, it says in Romans, um, it said Romans chapter five, it will get there, but it says that all men died because of one man's disobedience. And so your first, your old man is Adam, the nature of Adam. But he says here in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who's living in me. And he says the life that now that I live, I, I live in the flesh. But he says this life now will be by faith in the son of God who loved me. God loves you. Do you have a revelation that God loves you? You do not have to convince God that he loves you when you're asking him for things. Lord, I know you like me a little bit, or I've been good this week. No, he said I, he loves me. He loved you so much that he gave himself for you. And he says, this life that I'm now living, I'm gonna live it by faith in the son of God. So identification, I wanna read this, what identification means. It means to be identical. They're all related to each other. It means considering, treating as the same, the condition, the fact of being the same under all qualities under consideration. So he's saying, I'm ident- I've been crucified with Christ. So Paul is saying, when Jesus died, I died with him. Now when Jesus is living, he's living in me right now. And this is, I'm doing this by faith. He, what is he dying to? He's dying to his old man. Let's go to Romans chapter five. I wanna read this. Talking about your identification in Christ. So if you never um, understand your identification, identification, let me, let me say this while we're going to Romans. It's a proof of who you are. You cannot prove who you are without some kind of physical identification. Basically, if you go to God and say, okay, God, here I am. He's gonna say, who are you? Well, you either identified with Adam or you're identified with Jesus. There's only two families in the earth. And so you tell the Lord, I've been crucified with Christ. And so your Bible is gonna be your book of identification. The whole life of Jesus was to show you who Jesus is so you can read it and go, oh, he's the prototype of a new man. That's me. If Jesus says the works that I do, you will do and greater works because I'm going to my father. So Jesus is saying, let's look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is me, but this is also you. What I'm doing I'm giving you a, 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 a picture of what you're supposed to be doing. This is who you are. It says that when Jesus stood up, it says he found the place where it was written in the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord hath anointed me to heal the sick, to preach the good news to the captives. So Jesus found himself in the word and said, this is me. There's 130 scriptures on identification on, in Christ, on uh, anywhere you read in the New Testament, in him, in whom, in Christ. There's 130 scriptures. You have to find those scriptures and say, this is who I am. Why? Because that's what you have. That is what God gave you. Jesus died so that everything that he had could become yours. He's not dying for himself. Jesus was up in heaven. He, he was already perfect. But he says, I'm going to have to die for them so I can give them 
everything that I have. And so the same law that allowed Adam to sin, I think it's in um, 517. For by one man's offense, uh, Romans 517, death reigned through the one. That means through Adam, death came to all men. Much more we receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign through one, Jesus Christ. So what's a part of your identification? You're gonna reign in life through one Jesus Christ. You reign as a king and a priest. That is your identity. You are a king, you are reigning. That is who you are. Now, you may have been born in a certain family, but it is not who your spirit man is. That is not what Jesus had died to give you. Therefore, through one man's offense, Adam, the first Adam, judgment came to all men. All men were judged because of what Adam did, resulting in the condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification from life. So God said the same law that all men died because of one man's disobedience. He said, I'm gonna take that same law and I'm gonna make all men alive who believe in Jesus because of Jesus' one act of obedience. And that is why that the world is the way that it is and that people are born. And so you are, it's kind of like a, a, a CD or, or something when we used to make, we don't make copies anymore. But back, uh, you know, we still do a little bit. The master copy, whatever is on the master copy will be what's duplicated on all other copies. So if, <clears throat> if I clear my throat or if, the, uh, or if I, something happens to my voice, and somebody says, well, I got a bad copy. No, you had a bad master. And that's why all the other copies are bad. But when Jesus, he is the, the new Adam, the second Adam. And so whatever God put into him, he's the prototype of a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things, old things have passed away. All things have become what? Brand new. So you got refathered by God. One translation says, any man in Christ, uh, he's a new creation. Um, he's a new race, a new species of being that's never been before. And so you have to get your identity from what happened in Jesus. I'm gonna go to Romans chapter six. Let's go to verse four. We were buried with him through the baptism in the death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even we should also walk in the newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of death. That means when Jesus died, God saw you in Jesus when you put your faith in that. When someone accepts Jesus as Lord, that's why a baptism with the baptism tank and we do communion and we do baptisms is because we are identifying with the Lord's death. That means that what happened to Jesus the, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the newness of life seated with Christ, it, this is a representation or a type God sees you as that when Jesus died on the cross, the second you put your faith in him, you were baptized into the death of Jesus. Well, why? Because he couldn't re rehabilitate your old self. You were dead in sins and trespasses, the Bible says. And so God couldn't, you can't fix the old man. You can't, uh, people try to, you know, you can't put him in a psychology. You can't try to give him better behavior. The old man is dead. So what God had to do was to kill your old man. He had to put you into Jesus, pour out his wrath on Jesus. He had to 
killed Jesus. Jesus identified not just with going to hell. It says that Jesus became sin. He actually became it himself. That's why Jesus was pouring blood out of his face because he's not just going to die. He is going to become sin for you and I so that we became sin and then we were raised into righteousness. So we were buried with him, verse 4, through the baptism of his death. Let me go down to 6. Oh, five. We were united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we all shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So what does God identify you? As now your spirit man is in the likeness of his resurrection. Your spirit man is is the same as Jesus' spirit. Now our flesh, our body, we're waiting for the new bodies. This is our our earth suit. But he's saying the same way that Jesus' spirit is right now, we are in the likeness of his resurrection. Everything God put into Jesus, he wanted to put into you. And Mark Hankins says when, uh, when, when they built the Ford Raptor, they put a prototype and put everything into that truck that they wanted. And then they were going to make copies off of that, after that truck. That is what a prototype is. So that is what God did into Jesus. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Who is a, he said, I want you to know this. We need to have a revelation of our identification. Know this. Peter understood that, and I'm just going to say it fast because we're getting close, but he said, who do men say that I am? And I think it's Matthew chapter 16. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. He said, you are the Christ. He said, no, and Jesus looked at him and said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven revealed this to you. And then he says, once Peter got a revelation of Jesus, who he was, then Jesus turned and looked at Peter and says, your name is Peter. Your name is, which means Petros, which means rock, which means a piece of this revelation. He said, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. What is happening? Peter gets a revelation of who Jesus is and Jesus is turning around telling Peter who he is. Without, that's why church is so important. You come and hearing about who you are in Christ, what belongs to you, because you will never step into your destiny without your identification being in Jesus. You will never know who you are. You will never know what you're supposed to be doing without the revelation that it unlocks. Because once Peter got that revelation, Peter's not a fisherman anymore. He's not identifying. I mean, they tried to go back after the cross to fishing. But it didn't happen. What is Peter now? Jesus says, Peter, I'm calling you Petros. Your name means rock. It means boulder. And on this revelation, what did God say to Moses? He says, I want to see your glory. He said, I'm going to hide you into the cleft of the rock. What is he doing? It's a, it's a shadow. I'm going to, you have to be in the revelation of who Jesus is before you'll see my glory. So once Moses stood in that rock, he said, I'm going to pass by and you're going to see my glory. What is that a shadow of? Once you get into Jesus, you will see the glory of God. But you have to be into that rock, into who Jesus is. Knowing this, that our old man, the old self, old Adam, Adam's nature, the old sin dominated self, was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You don't have to be a slave to sin. Sin doesn't have a, a dominate. What, uh, when you're dead, you, how are you tempted by sin? Go to the morgue. Or like it means that if a man is laying in a casket, do you want to smoke something? Do you want to look at this pretty person? No, he is dead. 
He died to his old self. That is the way you have to see yourself. I am dead to sin. I am dead to my old former lifestyle. Sin has no control over me. I'm not tempted by this anymore. You can't tempt a dead man. Old man, it was crucified with Jesus. The body of sin will be done away with. We shall no longer be a slave to it. That means old habits do not control you anymore. That means your old self does not dominate you anymore. He who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion. Old habits don't have dominion over you no, no longer. Your past does not have dominion over you any longer. What people used to say about you or what you used to do does not have dominion over you any longer. He said the death, I mean, Paul was killing Christians and he's saying, my old man, I murdered a lot of people, but he's, it's done. I, I, my identification is not in that Paul was a Pharisee and what he did, he said, my identification is now in Christ. He said that for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, that the life he now lives, he's living this to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself. Reckon means it's an accounting term, to, to account the facts. An accountant does not uh, make up the, the facts. He just is accounting to what is already there. But he says, you reckon yourselves. That means that I'm not gonna be reckoning for you. You are gonna reckon yourself. You are going to do this yourself. You are gonna find out who you are in Christ yourself. You are going to study this yourself. I, the pastor is not going to reckon, uh, reckon for you that you would die to sin. But he says, you reckon yourselves to be dead. That means just consider it that you're already dead to sin and consider it and account the facts that you are alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so 14, sin does not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, but you are under grace. And so the grace of God, identification with Jesus is, is, is our, same, our sameness in the fact that in his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his seated with Christ. And I want to read, um, I wanna read a, a small, a couple of scriptures, and then what happened, real quick, we've got a few minutes, when uh, Gideon got in a, a revelation of his identification, God changed his name from Gideon to, uh, it was called Jerubbabel, which means to let Baal plead for himself. Gideon's hiding in a cave, right? And the angel comes up and says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. Not you are trying to be. Not one day if you do good enough. Maybe one day you have great potential. If you act right, one day. No, he said, this is who you are now. This is how God sees you. You are a mighty man of valor. And what his name meant was let Baal plead for himself. That means that Baal is gonna be pleading for his own life. That is what your name means. And Gideon's hiding, and the angel says, this is who you are. Once Gideon got a revelation of that, I'm sure the family said, man, what happened to daddy? Daddy's another man. Then he goes out, and he not only changes Israel's, um, what happened to Israel, but he affected the whole nation, and then his family's family, by what? His identification. Who does God say that you are? It'll not only affect you, your family, but it could affect the whole nation. And so God will always have to change your identity first before you will step into the plan and the call of God. So let me, I'm going to read this. Uh, I want to make, and then we're going to make a confession. There is no hope for man's condition without Jesus. There is no hope for a man outside of the blood of Jesus, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. 
Man's condition cannot be corrected by reading a book or trying to do better. He cannot correct his behavior. He is a sinner by nature. He cannot change himself. Only the blood of Jesus and the power of the gospel can change a person. A person has to be born again if they're going to get out of Adam. They have to lose their identity in Adam and get their identity in Christ, who is the last Adam. In Christ, we establish a whole new identity. This changes you, your thinking, your direction, and everything about you. You are not in Adam anymore. You are in Christ. You are born again. You have to walk out of Adam and walk into Christ. The first Adam made a mess out of things, so God made a whole new Adam. Jesus, the last Adam, absorbed the condition of the first Adam. He took Adam's condition into himself. He died with it. He did this so that the moment you receive Jesus Christ by faith, his death becomes your death. His burial becomes your burial. His resurrection becomes your resurrection. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. His ascension becomes your ascension. His victory is your victory. His seating is your seating. His life is your life. His blessing is your blessing. And everything that God blessed him with now comes to you. Teal Osborne made a statement. He said, little I moved out, selfish I moved out, big Christ moved in. But I love something Pastor Mark said. He said, weak I moved out and strong Christ moved in. Defeated I moved out and the victorious Christ moved in. Sick I moved out and healed Christ moved in. Poor I moved out and rich Christ moved in. Cursed I moved out and the, and the blessed Christ moved in. And so you your old self moved out and Jesus has moved in. You don't have to be broke another day in your life because now Jesus is in there living. And that is a revelation that you have to get about yourself and who you are. And lately I've been getting up saying, heal Jesus lives in me. Prosperous Jesus lives in me. Whole Jesus, I have the mind of Christ. Everything that Jesus has belongs to me. I have his righteousness. That means I'm not trying to become righteous. I already have that through what he did on the cross. And so once you get a revelation, then you know that I'm crucified. It's not I'm living, but it's him living through me. I'll read, uh, I'll read this one last thing. Ephesians 2. But God, who's rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we are dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show us his exceeding riches of grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. There is so much of that on our identification that I have so many scriptures here that we could read, but I've been taking and compiling these things. I'm gonna put them into a little book that has your in Christ, your identification, your prosperity, because the more you get a revelation of who he is, the more you're gonna know who you are and why he created you to be. And so I wanna read, um, I wanna read this last confession. We're gonna confess this. We're gonna, I'm gonna read this and then I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna make a confession. Sin cannot damage you anywhere. The blood of Jesus cannot bring redemption and deliverance. Don't ever think you've been so damaged and hurt by those other determinisms that you are stuck in life. You can turn to cross, to the cross, the resurrection, the blood of Jesus, and his word, and find yourself who you are in Christ. The moment you declare who Jesus is, he will tell you who you are. 
not who you were, your mom made you to be, not what your experiences made you, and not what your past made you. You are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. You are the handcrafted workmanship of God. Now it says that you're the workmanship. And so uh, people should change the way they talk to themselves if you're a good workmanship. A lot of times people, when they, they build a car, they want to know who made that car or who was the designer or who was uh, the person who did the work on that car because that car is the workmanship, the, the beauty of that old car was the glory of the person who created it. And you are created in Jesus and you're not junk. You are the only you that is you. Amen. You do not have to find your identity. There is nobody else that is like you out there. It is just you. So I want to make this confession, say, uh, a confession is just I'm agreeing with what God said. Say, I was crucified with Christ. Christ took me to the cross with himself. I died there with him. It is no longer I that live. It is Christ, the anointed one, who lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me. He loves me. He gave himself for me. Through his death, I died. In his resurrection, I was made alive. I am a new creation. In Christ Jesus, old things have passed away. Everything is new. Sin shall not dominate me. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Jesus is my Lord. I am redeemed. Christ lives in me. Little I moved out. And big Christ moved in. The anointed one lives in me. The triumphant Christ lives in me. The resurrected Christ lives in me. The healing Christ lives in me. His life is in me. The same life that raised Christ is living in me now. Resurrection life. Overcoming life. Devil defeating life. That makes me more than a conqueror. I was made alive together with Christ. I was raised up with Christ. And now I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the, this time. Father, we understand that our identity is in Jesus and what he did. We understand that we have to get a revelation of that. And I pray that every person would dig into that. Find those scriptures who they are in Christ. Find out what Jesus has died to give them. It says, what are the riches for the ages to come? He'll show us the riches of what he did in Jesus. Father, that we are not, we are more than what society and what people have told us that we are. There is a, you, you put a lot into bringing your son down so that he could die to make us just like him. That means that our future is bright. That means that we have, there's so many good things. We don't even know what's coming. That you would make us just identical to your son. Father, we thank you for that this morning. Father, we thank you for the worship this morning. To be able to come before your presence and worship you for who you are. Give you praise to change things up. You're not the same old, same old kind of God. You're, you are a God who's doing new things. And I pray this morning that every person that heard this message, if you've heard this today and you said, and you've, you're here and you say, I don't know, you, that sounds a lot like me, that I am the old Adam, the first Adam, the Adam who screwed it up for every person. 
Adam's disobedience, every man fell. But once one man's obedience, Jesus, all men are made alive. If you said, I've never, I've never confessed Jesus as Lord. I've never made him Lord. I've never identified with Jesus. I've never prayed the prayer of salvation. I'm gonna pray that with you this morning. You say, I don't know. I don't know if I'm born again. Well, today you're gonna know. This morning you're gonna know. I want you to say this prayer. I want everybody to say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died. He rose again on the third day. I believe his death is my death. His burial was my burial. His resurrection is my resurrection. And I confess him as Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. That's as easy as it takes to get saved. I'm gonna ask our altar workers to come up. If you need prayer for anything else, there's no rush, come get prayer. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, come up and tell one of these guys, say, hey, I I prayed that prayer, I just wanted to tell you, and hook with them and and get some more prayer. But we're here because of Jesus' the what, what's coming, this time is becoming more crucial of this time that's spent with him. I've been spending more time in the presence of God. And it says, he said to King Saul, before he became king, he said, when the presence of the Lord comes upon you, he says, you'll be changed into another man. Jesus can take, he's a master at taking identities and changing who you are. And uh, I just thank you for the, for coming. Uh, I believe we have prayer tonight, six o'clock. And so the rest- we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.